Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time! Our heroes returned to their adventure after a recording hiatus and got right to work on their training. Butch and Falkus's contacts in Stormwind are pointing toward something happening in Pandaria. And Ari learned details about the book missing from Katarina's shelves. The party is ready to relax for the night, but has one other thing on their agenda. The Brawler's Guild! Let's check it out now as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. I know for sure that Falkus knows where this place is. I would bet that Ari probably also knows. Butch, they're leading you through the Dwarven District. Basically, right around the corner from the Golden Keg, like you mentioned earlier, is uh, the entrance to the Deep Run Tram, which is the subterranean train that brings people to and from the Dwarven City of Ironforge. Uh, there's two tracks that move through here. The trains are going the whole time. Uh, from under the nearest track to the entrance, you guys can clearly hear the sound of a large crowd that's cheering. It is the worst kept secret in Stormwind. Uh, <laughs> there is a pathway that leads down to below the tracks uh, where a hallway leads down into Bismo's Brawl Pub. Uh, as you approach, there are two bouncers that stand in your way and bar you from entry. Um Behind them, you can see that there's like this human woman who's serving drinks at a bar kind of near a balcony where there's like spectators that are looking down into a pit. You can hear the sounds of combat going on. The whole place is built out of this metal plating that looks completely improvised and halfway to falling apart. Uh, there's exposed pipes and metal barrels and all that sort of stuff that make up the decor. Uh, the bouncers are a large... Uh, Pandaren and a buff looking worgen and they say eh, private party go somewhere else to get your kicks I'll, I'll lead the way and, and, and pull out my invitation it's like we're on the list they take one look at a blood soaked invitation that says exactly who you are and what you're here to do and they stand out of your way and you guys can walk in uh, just to set the ambiance here, I got a little bit of a screenshot from the inside of the Brawler's Guild. On the landing at the bottom of the stairs, you see it, you know, it, like I say, it overlooks this fight pit. It's filled with all these like hazards that are changing from fight to fight. Uh, there's a couple of competitors that are down in the pit having a fight right now. And there's like this crowd of people from above that are shouting and cheering and throwing beer bottles and rotten fruit down at the fighters. Um, there's a group of patrons that are betting on fights over at a nearby bar. Uh, and there's like a couple of bartenders that are working on keeping glasses filled and things. Um, and then there's like this boom. And then this scream from down in the pit. Ah! And you look down and there's this in this 
this competitor is basically being dragged off the arena floor uh, and over a loudspeaker you hear this gnomish voice that shouts Ugh, what a mess can we get a priest or something in here nearby uh, you see this sort of stout and sort of intimidating looking uh, dwarven man who says uh, hey are you here to fight or spectate if you're watching there's plenty of space over at the bar or over at the railing I'll just kind of like wave over Butch and Ari. I'll head over to the bar and 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 you know put up my fingers. You know three, you know to get to get you like are three drinks. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I I'm looking down at the uh, at the floor assessing the situation, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely take that ale. Yeah, man, you you grab the ale. What are you looking for uh, down on the? Are you trying to figure out like what I'm fighting? Oh, uh, so what you're looking at down there is a worgen fighting like a bunch of orange skeletons. And then when that ends, you see a different fighter come out and he's fighting three gnomes in a trench coat. Like it seems to be different each time. Here, I'll pull. Uh, I'll, I'll ask the, um, the, the bartender because I figure they probably have a... Uh... Uh, a sheet on on the bar top somewhere with the lists, and and, and grab the. I'm, I'm assuming that's what's probably sitting there. If if you would agree with that, uh, you see that there are a short line of people signed up ahead of you to fight, but you don't see what they're fighting. It seems to be deliberately obscured. Okay. While Butch is doing that, I'd like to scan the crowd. I'm. I know I didn't ask directly of Stephen what the captain looked like, but I definitely would have in that case there, so that's who I'm looking for. I'm looking for uh, the captain of the Northrend Icebreaker and see where he's sitting and where he's where he's at right now. Okay, so you're saying that Erica the player forgot to ask the question, but Falkus the character did not. I'm cool with that. Um, what you're looking for is a human man with a big chin and a big, like, like the handlebar mustache style he came in on his ship dressed in cold weather gear. He wouldn't necessarily still be wearing that here, but like it would be somebody who's seems accustomed to having to deal with the elements. You are easily able to spot this guy. He's down the end of the bar, just having conversation with some of the other patrons. And he seems like he's, he seems like he's waiting for a specific fight. That's the vibe you get on him. Okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll just kind of like take a look over at Ari and Butch and just kind of like nod my head like in a direction down at the end of the bar. It says that's that's our captain. It's like if you guys want to hang out here, I'm gonna float over there. All right, is, and I look around for some pretzels. Yeah, pretzels are plenty. Uh, is anybody signing up for a match? Yeah, put my name down. All right, Butch is signed up. Ari Falka, so you guys getting in line as well or is it just gonna be him today uh i think it would just be butch for right now i'd like to um focus on this captain okay he's here for a good time so she's just gonna watch and put some money down okay cool so uh you're putting money down on whatever the next fight is or are you waiting specifically for butch's fight or specifically for the monster fight uh, i'll be i'll be betting low just having some fun on some of the upcoming fights looking at the lists um but then butch i'm definitely gonna be throwing some 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 heavy heavy bets down for butch to win how far down the list am I? Uh, just a couple names, and the fights seem to be relatively quick. So, um, okay. 
I say relatively quick, D&D fights take forever, but each round is six seconds, and if you figure a couple rounds of combat and then the fight's over, they don't usually last very, very long. We're not talking about, you know, going the distance or anything in a scene like this. When you bring a great axe to a fight, it tends not to go nine rounds. Real quick, just to get it out of the way, uh, you said you're betting small occasionally here on a couple of fights or whatever. Put a bet down. What are you betting? I got I got gold to burn. Let's uh, let's say uh, ten gold a fight. Okay, uh, you put ten gold down on a fight. Roll a d twenty for me. Two. Uh, you lose ten gold. You put it on the wrong person. All right. You needed to roll an eleven or better. It was a fifty fifty. <laughs> Um, yeah, you wander over. Uh, are you trying to engage the captain directly? Are you sitting at the bar down the way and just listening? What are you? What are, what's your approach here? So my approach at any time, even in real life, I, if I want to, like, you know, interject myself in a conversation, I'll sit nearby and just kind of be listening to what's going on. And then, you know, if every once in a while maybe there's something that's said and you just kind of like throw in a comment like, oh, yeah, I hear you on that. Or, or, you know, something to that extent where you kind of have to, you say something to pique their interest and cause them to want to involve you in the conversation. So something to that extent, kind of, kind of like that to, to, you know, you weasel your way into the conversation and become a part of the circle right there. So your self description of Erica, the player is that you weasel your way into a conversation you weren't invited to. I just, I'm, I know that that's not what you were getting at. I just want to remind you that you just described yourself. You could have, you could have said something much more favorable. Okay. I I, I know about that. Okay. So let me, let me put it this way. When I'm traveling for work, sometimes I sit at the bar, I'm by myself and playing on my phone. I'm watching whatever's on the TV and the bartender's talking to somebody next to me. And it's an, it's an interesting conversation. And I just happen to interject something because I'm sitting there by myself, lonely and on work trip. And and here's an interesting conversation and meet somebody else who's interesting. In this case here for focus, I'm using that same mentality, but uh, it's got a purpose. I actually kind of want to talk to this person and get myself in to the conversation with them. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. It is a little noisy in here. There's the sound of shouting down below and there's the sound of shouting around you because there's people watching fights. Go ahead and roll me uh, a perception check. I want to make sure you can actually hear what's going on a couple of people away. Like you're not able to sit right next to him. So you're listening in. How about a natty 20 with a 26? Yeah, 26s are usually pretty good. So you hear this guy who I think probably your contact at the harbor would also have given you his name. His name is Captain Conrad Webb. And uh, what he he's in conversation with somebody who is saying, you know, complaining about basically he wishes that there wasn't so much like all these the beer is fine because there's plenty of dwarves around who are great at beer brewing. But, you know, the food is so, like, limited because, you know, of everything that's going on. Like, they barely have, they've got, like, mages who can make pretzels and stuff. So there's plenty of beer pretzels. But the actual food in town is, like, a whole situation. And Captain Webb, you hear, uh, starts talking about how, well, yeah, they, they said that there's been ships that are headed down to Pandaria to ship more food or whatever, but I, I haven't seen any Alliance boats down there. It's or horde boats or any kind. There's been really no traffic down there, but really it wouldn't matter anyway. If 
they were sending people because the whole continent's basically covered in snow. Really not much you can do about that with a bunch of ships. Did you say Pandaria's covered in snow? Oh, yeah. All, like, uh, uh, west to east, the whole, the whole place. It's wild. I've never seen a tropical jungle covered in a foot and a half of snow before. That's incredible. That's insane. Yeah, there's been a lot of really weird weather lately. Um, there was some 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 crazy stuff happening down down in uh, Stranglethorn Vale. We were just down, uh, me and my couple friends of I were just down there in Booty Bay. There was some some really crazy stuff happening in that the, the woods down there uh, in, the, in the jungles. But um, yeah, man, that sounds really weird happening uh, down there in Pandaria. Um, you were down there recently? Well, not officially, but hey, listen, we're no, in the no, brawlers' no, 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 guild. No, 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 I, I got you, I got you. No, no, I, I've, I've, I've heard around the city a little bit, so don't, don't worry about it. I understand completely. Uh, go ahead and roll me a persuasion check, real fast. <laughs> oh, I failed miserably. I hate rolls. Uh, it's a five. It's a, it's a one. Yeah. All right. Uh, he starts to go. Well, you know, I mean, you make your paths around we, we I went down and then he sees that you're wearing a badge for the silver covenant and goes oh right okay um no I registration registration was from Northrend and I came from Northrend so you know it is what it is I'm not I'm not here on official business no I'm just down here to have a good time I mean I I wouldn't be down here if I was on official business no, no way. Um, I'll just kind of like sh- like shrug my shoulder and kind of hide my badge underneath my 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 lapel or whatever like that, and I'll just kind of wave at the at the at the bartender to get um, and, and say, uh, "Bottle one of your finer uh, drinks, please." Uh, they bring you one of the better drinks on tap, and they take ten gold from you because you just lost a bet. And the guy looks at you like, "Oh, you, the first thing you did was come down here and lost a bet." Oh That's... yeah, I uh, just not not hitting it really good tonight. Here, uh, here, have some. Oh, I'll I'll I, I also mentioned to, to bring over an extra glass and I'll pour. I was like, here, enjoy yourself. I mean, it couldn't have been easy uh, sailing those seas right now, but uh, yeah, kick back. Uh, yeah, he finishes his story about how he went to Pandaria for business that isn't any of yours, and yeah, it was like literally. Everywhere in the Jade Forest, uh, the entirety of the Valley of the Four Winds, everything is covered. It's like a terrible blizzard hit, and it never went away. And it's not just that there's snow on the ground. It's that it is actively blizzarding a lot on the whole continent. And that it makes perfect sense why the farming's not going too good when the weather's like that. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that just sounds insane. Hey, I got my buddy uh, signed up for some fights down here tonight. I mean, he's looking for an amazing fight. Um, do you got? Do you know what what uh, what's coming up on the on the list for for what the brawlers are are throwing up against uh, the competitors? Oh, nobody knows. They just pick people and put them in. And it's about that time that uh, Butch, you hear your name called, and it's you're up. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw. 100 down on Butch. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Before Butch goes up, I'm going to cast Bardic Inspiration on him. Nice. Cool. Good. That lasts a while, so you're good there. Now, what I want to do is, like, bump up my Priest Slayer, but reality is I should use my Radiant Maul 
instead. The two-handed hammer instead of oh, the okay. axe. Butch. I was like, it's like, I see you start moving up there. Butch, do you want this? And I'll pull out of my pocket. It's my, my Dark Moon Potion of Swiftness. It gives you plus 10 bonus to movement speed for 10 minutes. I want to say yes, but I don't know what that's going to do for me. Make you move a little quicker uh, down there. What's your movement speed right now? 40? I think yeah, it's 40. But how, okay, big, so is, that would put how you big is the arena? <laughs> uh, <laughs> truthfully, you're looking around. You're not sure that movement speed is what you need here. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, let's... Uh, I appreciate that, Falcus. Um, you know what? I'm going to go do this uh, fair and square and unjuiced. Uh, when we're when we're fighting bad guys, let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Gotcha. So I uh, I go down there fully armed, but I got my radiant maul, my giant hammer in my hands, and I am readied. I ready my <laughs> maul. How guarded is this place? Like, would would Falks and I have opportunities to cheat for Butch? Right. So uh, you can see that it's set up so that if you do anything that is obviously like you, you can't be like shooting your bow down there because that's you like it's it's too it's too it's too obvious. Magical effects that don't have a somatic component. In other words, don't have like you waving your hands to do magic. You would be able to get away with probably. I would ask you to roll probably a stealth check to make sure that nobody notices you using the magic words or pulling spell components or like doing that sort of thing. But uh, as long as a spell effect doesn't have a somatic uh, component, I think you would be able to pull it off. The other thing that you have seen people do that does technically interfere with the fight, but doesn't seem to be causing anybody any grief Fruit has been people have been throwing fruit and <laughs> beer bottles and stuff down there. So if that's something that you want to do, that is uh, that is something that you would be able to do. I got so, a mean arm and a, and a laser target. How big are potion bottles? How big are potion bottles? Um, yeah. Handheld, similar to a beer bottle. Okay. What about oil bottles? Um. Could I Similar? shove flame broom into like a, a a piece of fruit and throw it without it being like obvious? Could you throw a flame bloom into a piece of fruit? Okay, we're starting to get into <laughs> we're starting to get into BS territory here. I'm not saying no. I'm <laughs> okay, not saying fine. no, but I am saying it's going to take some dice to figure that out. Her charismatic dice, right? Because this is me persuading the fruit. Like that's how that works. Persuading no, right? the fruit? <laughs> My I think, was I really think, high. I think it would take like the entire evening for us for a fruit a piece of fruit to be completely um saturated with the flame bloom to then throw it. Like I'm just thinking like it takes overnight for a watermelon to to completely absorb all the yeah. vodka. We'll go a different route if I feel Butch needs help. I was just curious. I'm sure you'll find something exciting to do. So Butch, you walk down there's like a pathway that you can take. It doesn't like teleport you in like it does in the game. You've mm -hmm. had a little path you can take on the other side of the actually wait, there's a little bit more. Yeah. So you're brought down to the fight floor. Cool. You look around, you see these like plinths with spikes on them that look like they're on tracks that they might move a little bit. 
you see that there's this thing uh, in the very dead center of the arena that is like a fire pit, like a roaring uh, fire in the center. But it's like it's on a platform that's elevated a bit and it has like these slotted panels on the side. Um, you can see as you look around that there are these big cages that are filled with this sort of slopping gray matter that see, is like writhing against the bars that hold it in place. Anybody with Arcana proficiency would probably be able to tell at a glance that the bars of the cages are like magically protected since if they weren't, the slime could just sort of flow out of them. You're looking around and you're going, okay, each of these things are hazards. The last two fights that I watched, different hazards triggered. So something's going to happen in addition to me fighting. Not sure which it is yet. That's kind of the vibe that you're getting. Right. You look around uh, the fight pit and you see something that I think it makes the most sense to let you tell the rest of us how it makes you feel. The brawl pub handlers have wheeled out this big cage that contains something that I think you probably would not have expected to see in the human city of Stormwind. You see an oversized mantid. What? Banging against the bars of its cage. Is this the same box that I that uh, was described to me by uh, Stephen? Uh, wh- here, let me get to this. So, your 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 mind jumps there. And then the remainder of the description. Um, it's shouting in this insectoid kind of tongue that oh my most God. of the rest of the people in this room do not understand. But you catch its meaning easily because you speak the language. He demands to be let out of this cage before he brings this whole place to ruin. And he shouts in this like. What was. <laughs> she has a sit stand desk and it just went up. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, I was just like hearing the noise that that. No, man, the whole stream went up. Listen, my whole backstory has to do with the Mantid overrunning my home and killing my family. And some joker saw a Pandarian walking into that into that arena and put a Mantid in front of me. Yes, that's what happened. This is not random. This is not random. This is someone down there having a laugh, having a joke. Yes. And uh, thinks it's funny. They think it's funny. I'm going to point in Ari's direction. I'm going to message her and tell her, this is that crate. This was this was what was in that crate. Put your bets in now. So he's banging on the bars. You guys are having this conversation. Butch, you can hear him in his like weird insecty voice go, <laughs> I'll freeze the blood in your veins, you worthless meat sacks. Up on the spectator area, you hear the captain going, there he is, guys. That's my grand champion right there, fellas. Ain't got nothing so terrible as this monster. Dragging him all the way back from Pandaria was a real pain in the butt, if you know what I mean, especially given how things are going down there right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like say over to him, I'm like, are you sure about that? Because my boy down there in that ring right now, he eats them for breakfast. Well, I hope it's a good fight. I cannot believe he's up against the Pandaren. Oh my god, how perfect is this? This is fantastic. You want to put a little side money on him? Put a little bit more down? Uh, so the the Brawl Pub does allow you to bet against the house. If you're going to bet against him, what are you what are you putting what are you doing? I don't know. Does he got has he got something something fancy that uh 
Yeah, let me see if I got something fancy in my, my equipment here that uh, might make him interesting if he's got something similar to, to, to put up against me on that. Give me a sec. I can't believe this is happening. I need the audience to know when I started to describe that Butch was up against a Manted, Summer literally stood up and raised her standing desk so she could take this fight on her feet, which is the funniest thing to me. All right, I got something in my bag that's not worth anything more to us, but maybe worth something to somebody. I got a panther key straight out of Zul Rub. It's probably got a little panther head on it like that. It's got to be worth a little bit of money because it's probably made out of some kind of gold. I'm going to put that down on the counter and say, how about that? What do you got? What do you got to put up for that? That is from Zulgrub itself. Straight out of Zulgrub. It is the key to the Panther Temple. Huh. This guy is... Wasn't that like the Panther Mount? No, it's not the mount. It's the key into the back area where you guys got assaulted by skeleton trolls. I mean, just think of, like, in World of Warcraft, how many keys we have on our stupid key ring. Our gosh darn key ring. I'm that sorry, doesn't I didn't go to anything. Wrath, so uh, that doesn't go, that doesn't go to anything anymore. That we just have the stuff taking up space in our bag. And as a player for D and D, I'm going to use this right now as it's got to be worth something to somebody as some kind of cool little memento. So I, I all right. So I I wasn't I was prepared for you to bet against the monster. I'm not sure I was prepared for like something this unique. So help me be creative. What do you think a world traveler, like beast capturer kind of guy would have that you would think is a worthy thing to put up for him for betting? Because I'm having a hard time coming up with something cool. And this is a question that anybody can answer because whatever we got is that sounds fun. We can make work. What if it's on a ship and it's like he'll show you later if you guys need time to think on it? Like he's cocky about he has something that's worth your time. So, so you and I did talk before off. I mean, this can be in discussion that that Casey and I talked before off camera about potentially having an animal companion. I'd be willing to to consider an animal companion if this is the trade off because this is the perfect opportunity. We have a guy who who barters and and sells and buys in critters and creatures. That this is the perfect opportunity to acquire an animal companion, and I would work with it and I would play with it and I would run with it. Even though I said off camera that I didn't want to have to deal with another person's roles and, and positioning on the map. I think this would be a fun opportunity. Like this is this is literally a fun, unique situation that presents this in front of me, and I will take it. All right. He has a he he is interested in the Panther Key. He says that it's been a long time since anybody has been able to explore Zolgarub. So the idea that I would be able to use this to break into one of their temples and you know do all kinds of shenaniganery would be great. And I'll bet you there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on down there. So yeah, that's fine. I'll put up, uh, you know, this. And he drops a whistle down that he's like, you can use this to magically summon uh, temporarily like a like one of the spirit beast type creatures where like, you know, it would aid you in combat. You could do all these things with it. But it's it it does not necessarily have to be like, it's not around right now. You summon it and you dismiss it, you know, whenever you choose. What do you think? Got yourself a deal. 
All right, so you're in this guy for a key, and you're in the brawl pub for 100 gold, right? Yes. Okay. But you got a lot riding on you, dude. Don't don't let me down. I can't even hear you. My my ears are ringing with rage right now. While this is going on, Ari is going to be going around the outside of the pit, like kind of heckling, making a performance of it. So things like, oh, this is nothing that a big old light won't fix. We know bugs are attracted to them, like stuff like that. Like, I'm being intentional that I am heckling the 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 bug and getting other people in it. Okay, um, I'm cool to roll with that. What outcome are you yeah. trying for? So Desonant Whispers only needs verbal. And if I'm already heckling this bug and saying things that are kind of mean to it, if I say something mean to it and whoop, it takes some damage and runs away, who's going to suspect me? Because I'm already heckling it going around the arena. So if I happen Got to get you. the best provision Got to you. push this Got thing you. away, which also gives Butch an attack of opportunity. Um, yeah. You know. All right. I feel you. I love it. I like the battle plan. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. You see this thing come out. This is so cool. Butch and Ari, you guys are up here. And Ari, you got like no health. I don't know what's going on here. Um, it might be the case that we have to like update or long rest or something. I would say just hit long rest and see if that fixes it because you guys will have rested plenty of times. In fact, that should be true for everybody. Everybody should be at, uh, everybody should be at max resources because you didn't do anything today that would have cost you anything. Yes. Cool. Perfect. Good. Uh, above you, Butch, you look up and there's this like floating platform where there's this gnome with like a microphone and a bunch of speakers. Uh, and he says uh, really loudly, uh, fight lovers, one and all introducing for the first and probably the last time. Did you use your real name when you signed up? Yeah, it's totally cool. It's totally cool. If you did, I know that you guys have been in disguise a little bit, so I wasn't sure what you were let's say whatever name you gave butch kind spear uh if you're the betting sword i would say you should put your money on the big lad in the cage if you know what i mean unlock him and you watch this like gnomish spellcaster of some flavor or another walks out with this key he casts mage hand so he can send the key like out toward the lock and then hustles off stage where he can't get attacked by a giant bug as soon as the cage opens the mantid steps out he unfolds his big insectoid wings and flies up straight toward the audience. He impacts on this invisible force wall that prevents him from leaving the fight space. He I have to, oh, so say I have to say for the audience's benefit. I know you guys are listeners here. This is like almost exactly an above view map that I'm sure Casey found somewhere on a database of of D and D maps. It looks like the Brawler's Guild. It literally does. There is a bar scene at the top of this map. There's a stair in the upper left corner. Like, if you are a top-down view of the Brawler's Guild, like, it is eerily exact. It's so freaking cool. It took a little photoshopping. Get some blood going really soon. There's gonna be blood spilt right here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, continue. So uh, at the end of the description, uh, it was he looks down at Butch from his place of like he's like a loud beetle noise. And he says, in a, and again, in a tongue that really very few people probably understand besides Butch, he says, if I have to destroy you to leave this place, Pandaren, so be it. 
I need everybody to roll for initiative because Falkus and Ari have said that they're going to be cheating. Uh, and uh, we're going to roll for the layer as well. Bard okay, remind me what Bardic Inspiration does. Yeah, absolutely. So Bardic Inspiration is um, 1d8 on an ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. And do I have to uh, announce it before I do it? This can be added after seeing the roll, but before knowing the outcome. So okay. if you roll and it's like a 12 and you want to add it to it, that's fine. Okay. Okay, cool. So we have initiative rolled to describe what's going on to the audience. So we have a battle map that is about 55-ish, 60 feet to, uh, um, left to right and, or, um, you know, on the short on the short side and about 100 feet on the long side. Butch and the Manted are about 70 feet apart from each other. And in the center, uh, that this, this business here, uh, wait, I'm on the ruler. This business here, Butch, is about five feet tall. So you'd have to run around it if you were to do so. These things this, here. Yeah, that, that, this the stuff The thing here, in the middle. Okay. Yeah, the, the, with the like light coming from it. These cages are all about 10 feet tall and they have that like slime gook in it. These like spiky plinth things are um, a, like, again, like about five or 10 feet tall. Uh, there's these grates like all over. There's like blood spatter everywhere. But the fight area is mostly without restrictions as far as like where you can move. I just, you know, you need to run around stuff like this. The, the entrances on the far left and far right side are closed to you. You have to either win or lose the fight uh, to open them again. And around the outside, there's like all these, you know, patrons and like the bar and everything else. The first thing that happens. Oh, man. So the very first thing that happens on initiative count 20 is in front of you, Butch, you see that five foot tall thing with the glowing fire in it. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that it very briefly, the slots on the, like on diagonals. So like Northwest, Northeast, Southwest, and Southeast all open and gouts of fire go whoosh out like that for like a few seconds and then it closes again. Okay, so so that tells me there's a whole section in the middle of the map that we don't want <clears throat> to be standing in when it goes off. Right, so the flames went out like, let's call it 15 feet from that center point. Uh, they whooshed and then they shut again. And then you saw the contraption turning in a... I think I set it up to go counterclockwise. Excuse me, clockwise. You see that it's moving clockwise around. Okay, so these plinths don't have anything to do with it? No, no, they okay. don't have anything to do with it. The fire was coming. It was a flame gout thing that came from that center spot right there, whoosh, outwards. It just at, happens to have gone yeah, towards the like, plinths. So yeah, next time like it'll person, go like this way. Uh, that's the idea you're getting from the way that it's turning. Um, I cannot believe that that's what it happened. Layer actions happen on round 20, but I just figured rolling with advantage and having everybody in the combat initiative and everything that somebody was going to go before this, but that is fine. Now we know what the uh, layer action is here. It is your turn, Butch. What would you like to do? 
Now you described this uh, bug as having flown 10 feet in the air. Uh, the maximum height up is 20. So he's 20. his head hit an invisible barrier 20 feet up from the floor. He's also a large creature. He's taking up a, a 10 by 10 section of the battle map um, horizontally. So he's also about 10 feet tall. So his little peats are at about the 10 foot mark off the ground. And he's on the other side of the map from me. Um, yeah, about 70 okay. feet to your uh, the west to you. Yeah. So if I were to pop rage, I could use my ability to um, go my speed plus half my speed, but that doesn't get me there anyway. And he's in the air. So the very first thing, so I'm not going to pop rage at this moment, even though I'm just personally raging. I am going to whip out my spear of returning. Not only do I hope that it's going to disable him and get him on the ground, but I'm hoping it's going to, you know, pull him back at me a little bit. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, we'll see. So um, I am aiming for like one of his wings. I'm trying to see what I can do to to disable him from doing that. Okay. So I'm going to use my spear of returning. It's going to come right back into my hands. Let me roll this real quick. So before we get too deep into this, you should know that when you, like you said, when you rage, that's your bonus action. As part of the same bonus action, you can move 20 feet, and then your Mm -hmm. movement is 40 feet, so you can move a total of 60 feet and still take an action. You have to... Attack. Your rage ends ends early if you're knocked unconscious, or if your turn ends and you haven't attacked a hostile creature since your last turn, or taken damage since then. Because you're using your ranged weapon, that still is an attack, so you still would be able to maintain your rage, even though you're not hitting in melee. So if you wanted to rage in addition to, unless you had something else you wanted to do on your bonus action, there wouldn't be any drawback to raging right now. Yeah, the drawback is when I uh, use the thing that allows me to to, to, to run more, I got to do that while popping rage. Yes. So I'm not trying to move. I'm trying to stay where I am. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to move a lot anyway. I'm trying to stay where I am, but I am trying to get him on the ground. All right. So that that's the drawback. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, I'm talking about instinctive pounce. As part of the bonus action you take to enter rage, you can move up to half your speed. Yes. That's the thing that I would be losing out on. By raging now, but not moving. Okay, yeah. so you want to hold on to it for that reason. Perfectly cool. I just wanted to make sure that, because it's been a long time since we've played, and barbarians are a lot more complicated than they seem. Uh, and I've learned that because I've built a barbarian recently that I you know, depending on circumstances, who knows if I'll be able to actually play him or not, but it's, I'm looking at it and I'm going, Oh, there's 80 things to keep track of here. And it doesn't seem like there, uh, there are. So I wanted to make oh, sure yeah. we were all on the same page. Um, cool. Yes. Yeah. So if you're hitting with spear of returning, you have an effective optimal range of 20 feet and a maximum range of 60 feet. Right. If you're throwing this weapon to a target within 60 feet, you can still hit them, but you do roll with disadvantage for that. You can choose to recklessly attack, which will give you normal throw, but 
the next attacks against you will also be with advantage. So whatever you want to do in that field is fine. Screw it. I'm going to pop rage and, and, and take, and take the movement and get underneath of him. So, um, from where I was, I think like give me there. And then just, just, I recall that it didn't, I wasn't going to be able to get like right up on him in melee range, no matter what. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be like about kind of 10 feet away ish, but I'm throwing this spear. Okay. Okay, great. Well, you're definitely within the optimal range here at this point. So you would be throwing normally. Uh, I, I already rolled once and my first attack was a critical fail. Okay. Yeah. That would just miss, but you can pull it right back and you still have it in your hand. You can throw my it again. Double if you attack. Want. That's right. Here, here I go. Here I go. Here we go. Here we go. Now 22. Now the thing is what I really want to do is disable his wings. Now, I wonder if I were to use that inspiration, what would it take to get, disable his wings? Um, Not 22, sure. 22 is pretty good. Okay, I'm going to keep the 22 without using the bardic inspiration. So that's 10 damage. Okay, um, yeah, he takes 10 damage. I'm not sure. I th- hmm. I don't know for thrown weapons if you can... That's Yeah, you can just do it. It's fine. Are you... So you said that... I just want to confirm, you did or you did not rage? I did rage. Okay, do you get a bonus to your damage on ranged weapons? Plus two melee damage with strength weapons. No, so it does have to be a melee attack. Okay, so your damage as put here is correct. Uh, great, yeah, you deal in 10 damage. You seem like you hit him pretty good. Um, it did a, it did a decent chunk of his, uh, of his health. Did you do anything else in your turn? No. Uh, okay. On his turn, he is going to like aim down at you and unhinge his jaw, and you see the inside of his mouth is like this swirling vortex of ice and snow, and he blows cold down toward you. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Each creature in the area must make a constitution saving throw. Go ahead and roll me a constitution save, please. 21. That almost definitely is going to succeed. I'm going to roll this and see if it actually tells me what the DC is. I don't remember if I set it up correctly. Boom. Uh, DC 14. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the DC was only 14. That's fine. Wow. And I rolled like garbage for my damage. Uh, You take three cold damage because you beat the what you call it? So it's like half damage. Yeah. You took half damage because you did a successful save. Y'all, that was supposed to be 3d8, and I rolled a big fat pile of ones. So this is not looking good for me so far. Uh, Also, uh, all the other effects that happened from this spell, you beat the DC save, so we're fine. Uh, Fantastic. That's going to be There's something else. Action. That would... would, uh, light up my thunder lizard scales uh, breastplate. Uh, fantastic. Yes. Spend your reaction. Definitely do that. It says I may use my reaction to deal 1d10 lightning damage to the attack attacker. So do a dex save and beat 15. I rolled a 20. 
Okay, you. Uh, so it'll be half the 1d10 damage, right? Is it? Let's see. Uh, if you're hit by an attack, you use a time. You use a reaction. Uh, if they f- they take 1d10 damage, if they fail the saving throw, this damage can be dealt as part of the reaction to activate the armor. Yeah, it doesn't have anything on it for half damage. Okay, so nothing. Okay, but cool. Um, now that has been. Um... Yeah, that's turned on. So your armor class is up by one now. It's 18 for the remainder of this fight, essentially. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so that was your reaction. He used his action for that casting. He is going to fly away from you. He has, he's far enough away that he's not going to be able to provoke an opportunity attack by doing this. He's going to fly. I'm going to say he flies 30 feet this way. He's going to move away in this direction. Movement, action. He doesn't have a bonus action to use at the moment. So we're going to skip forward. Ari, you've been running around doing some stuff. Uh, what are you up to? Okay, so I know I'm cheating most likely once it needs to. I'm not going to assume Falkus is cheating most likely when he needs to. So I am going to like try to make eye contact with him and cast Bardic Inspiration so like he knows that I casted it. Because it doesn't say it needs like a vocal or a somatic or anything. It just says I can cast it. So I'm going to... What's cool about Bardic Inspiration is this is low-key the most subtle thing about like you can totally sneak this in because bardic inspiration is a magical you can do it buddy like that's it's it doesn't require like waving your hands and saying the magic words the magic words are you got this like that's bardic inspiration is very powerful in that way it can be very subtle her and i have been uh i've been using message with her (laughs) In real life too, we've been we've been discording while Butch oh. was doing this whole lineup. So we've been like actually it, 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 in play. I've been messaging with her. Great, fine. But so I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna just kind of casually just move. I'm still talking about how like all we need is a big old net to like catch this thing. Like I'm just going on about how this is a bug, and like this is the best they can do is bring us a bug. Like, come on, people, it's a bug. Okay. I'm just going to move a little bit closer, and that's that's what I'm going to do right now, because Butch, I saw the hit. He looks like he's doing okay. Must must save this for, for another round or so. Okay, cool. But you th- you hit... Uh, oh, you know what? Here, uh, let me see if I can mark some stuff. So Butch is raging. He used his reaction. Uh, you have a bardic inspiration on you yet, so we're going to plop that on there. Falcus, you got a bardic just now, right? I did. All right. Cool beans. Ari, you just moved around. You did a bardic. No no actual action, right? Nope, no action this time. Cool. Falcus, you're up. Where are these cages with what appears to be oozes behind them? Okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't say that into the mic. They're the ones in the corners. I can't believe you put a mantid in front of me, man. You can't? Can you really not? I knew you were going to do it. I didn't know you were going to do it today. This is this is some manipulative stuff, man. Listen, we haven't played in like two months. I gotta get you guys excited about this game. My blood is boiling. You could have put a crocodile in front of me. You could have put a, like a like a like a specter in front of me. But no, you put the one thing in in my entire backstory that I I am uncontrollably upset with, and the the one thing that I have 
no no ability to to be kind or merciful to I'm going to beat this until it is dead <laughs> um, I am going to actually use an accent surge so I can go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 and get as close as I can to the cage over here in the left corner. Well, you only moved 30 feet, so that's just your movement. No, so I moved my no, I moved my movement from where I was. I was on the far side of the bar. So I moved oh, my movement right and then I used an action surge to use an action for a movement. So I still have an attack action if I wanted to, was the purpose. Um, and for that attack action, I'd like to pull out the uh, very, as, as, as slight of hand as possible, the Uzatron. And I want to place it right outside of one of the cube, one of the oozing cages. So like the ooze looks like it came out of the cage. Stop. Okay, you're so dropping you wanna... a, you're dropping an ooze onto the onto the Okay. So you want to you want to take a large like blunderbuss rifle thing and poop out a 10 by 10 ooze, drop it 20 feet down. Is it going to be that obvious? It's going to be pretty obvious. I will let you try it, but you got to pull off the world's best, uh, I guess, sleight of hand. I mean, I know as a, as a DM, you can't tell me the the level to hit. I'll say, yeah, I actually totally can do that. I'm going to say, I'll say this. Yeah, here's how, here's how you can do it. A... 20 will get it into the arena but like a 20 will let you pull the, the item out and use it before anyone notices and it'll get into the arena but people will have seen you do it because it's a big honking thing and they will uh, respond to that somehow might lose your bet a 25 will get it into the arena and people won't have noticed that it came from you because they will be more focused on the fight. So uh, the Bardic Inspiration is a D8, right? Yes, it is. The average of that is a four? Yeah, four, four and a half, yeah. So effectively I have a plus, plus 12 to sleight of hand. I really don't want to lose this bet either, and I really don't want to screw this up for Butch either. That's another thing, actually, now that you mention it, is your bet would basically be forfeit for interfering in such a way. If they see you do it. Yeah, I think for thank you for, for giving me the odds. Cause I mean it was it was it was an idea I had Never and I was kinda hanging odds. on to it. Yeah, I know, but uh that at least makes it so that I the dice roll would definitely make this very But here's what I here's what I will give you. Throwing trash and stuff at the monsters will have an effect, and although you're not proficient with improvised weapons you can add your plus two from your archery uh, fighting style because it would be a ranged. Essentially, I would treat it like a ranged weapon attack. Okay. All right. That's actually fair enough. Um, do you mind if I take back the action surge? Oh, yeah. Fully. For sure. Perfect. Then I'm going to go back to, I think I was just over on the side of Ari. And I'm going to throw rotten fruit at the mantid. All right, so that's going to be a dexterity check plus two. So 
your regular, it would be a D20 plus your five for your decks, plus an additional two for your archery fighting style. And you're just trying to hit his armory, armor class. 22. Uh, great. It doesn't deal any damage, but he is going to have disadvantage on the next thing he tries to do. Whatever it is that he might have to roll for, it'll be disadvantage. I like it. I just realized I am stood right where the layer is going to fire me. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, you're right where the flames are going to be. They've turned a quarter turn clockwise, and now you're at the edge of the flame gout, but you're still in it. I'm going to go ahead, because he's flying, there's a chance that it might not hit him. But he is also in the path of the flame gout if everything were on the same level. So what we're going to do here is we're going to do for him a dex save, and we're going to do it with disadvantage because he's covered in rotten fruit. And we're going to see if it hits him as well. And I'm going to say that the save here is going to be... Um, oh, wait. You said... Do I Do I already have a... No, it just automatically hits anyone in the way. Okay, so because he's flying, it might not hit him. Uh, I'm going to... I'm losing all my windows. I apologize. Give me one sec. Oh, and now I'm accidentally clicking open more windows. Why the windows... Okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's a uh, fifteen to miss. All right, let's see if we can get him. Uh, natural one, totally biffs it. Uh, you guys are both gonna take fire damage from this. Okay. It's gonna be. Sorry, it wasn't supposed to do an attack roll. It's gonna be nine fire damage uh, to both of y'all and I was hoping that I could just do this thing where I undo the most recent thing I did but it's not letting me do that so I just have to one by one put the flames back on the GM layer and that's fine I can totally do that and then it's gonna uh, click. He, suffers, he suffers nine okay there we go and Gonna move the flames again. They are moving again in, into a different position. It's a lot harder to move these than I anticipated, but that is fine. You see that uh, he is super unhappy about having been hit by fire. It doesn't appear to have done extra damage to him, but you did see that, first of all, he came from Pandaria, which you know is covered in ice and snow at the moment, and he's been using cold uh, damage attacks against you so you think you might have some sort of thing there what would you like to do on your turn he's still in the air yeah he's still in the air okay now I want to bring something up as well so you are very strong and strong characters do have a decent jump so if you're trying to get off the ground to him you have ways of doing that as well I like that um do you know what I'm not seeing? I'm not seeing reckless attack. Do I have reckless attack? You do. It is a. Uh, it's one of your class features. It's just on whenever you choose to use it. Okay. Um. What I'd like to do is uh, use my cantrip. This is the cantrip's an attack, yeah. And does this? If I used a, the the cantrip. 
Um, would I be able to use it twice, like an, another attack? Uh, no. So your extra attack class feature is for weapon attacks. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. 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 Okay. Uh, I just thought that would be cool. So I I am able to use thunderclap. Um, yes. If, if if wanted if I wanted to. So okay, I'm not that far away from this guy, right? So what I would and, and to be able to hit him, he's. His head is, he's not as high up as he was because he flew down to do stuff to you and then fly away. He's like middle distance between top and bottom. So his feet are at about your head height. His torso is, you know, at the 10 foot mark or so. And his, uh, his head is at like the 15 foot mark or so. If I wanted to try to hit him with my hammer, yeah. like, like and, and I was jumping, um, what kind of... I mean, would it be normal? Would it be like, am I, what am I rolling for it? Like, uh, so your strength score is 19 and you're what? Six feet tall. Yeah. Uh, I have a little jump calculator here. If you take a running start, like a 10 foot running start, yeah. your high jump is seven feet off the ground. You can reach up and grab something about 16 feet off the ground. So yeah, you can, you can brain him. If I were to do that, I, I wouldn't be able to get that running s- start again to uh, jump him for a second attack. Well, without it, a running start, your high jump is three and a half feet. You would be able to hit something I can hit him in the knees. 12, 12 and a half feet off the ground, according to this jump calculator that seems really great. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, okay, s- screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm 15 feet away. Um... So, I mean, this is pretty easy. <laughs> um, my uh, speed is 40 anyway. And so what I'm going to do is uh, run up on him. Okay. Uh, jump up with my Radiant Maul. Just a second. Let's see what that is. Okay. Now, I rolled a 12. I like to use my Bardic. Is that 1d8? Okay. Yeah. Does a 15 hit? Yes, it does. Okay. All right. So Radiant Maul with two hands, 15 bludgeoning damage. Nice. Very good hit. Okay. And then, um, then for my second attack, I can, I can jump up again. Is that that what's going on? Because you have, because you have so much movement speed and because he was close enough, uh, Either that or, yeah, you could hit him in his, like, knees or something. Absolutely. Yeah, you can totally do that. Yeah, so what I want to do is jump up, and I've got a, so much more movement. Um, jump up, smack him, and the, and land, like, kind of on the other side of him. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, and that that's strategic because uh, of where I think the flames might go next time. Okay. Uh, so let's see if I can hit him again. No, it's not going to. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 16. Yeah, totally. Uh, 17 bludgeoning damage. Yikes. That's correct, right? It's 2d6 plus four from your strength score and three from your rage. Yeah, that's correct. Jeez, that's a lot of damage. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah, you totally now, nailed him. The other thing I'd like to do, I'm, <laughs> let's just look at these bonus actions. Like, I can't really do a quaking palm unless I'm jumping again, right? Like... I, um, I've got advantage on strength checks. I've got, I'm not used to fighting something that's above me. 
Okay, I, I mean, that's 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 what I've got. That's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, on his turn, he is going to... He rolled with disadvantage for the dex save already. Okay, so that's fine. Um, he sees that you're really nailing him. He's going to use his other second level spell slot that he brought with him today to coat himself in a thick coating of ice. Uh, and then he's going to back off away from you again. And I think that because you're, I think it would, I think because you're this close to him, you would be able to have an attack of opportunity. So go ahead and roll that if you'd like to. 22. Uh, yep. A 22 would hit 12 bludgeoning. Ah, 12 bludgeoning. Okay. So you hit him really, really hard in this recently created frosty outer coating completely destroys the frosty outer coating. Nice. Um, he takes some damage after that is gone, but you see that most of the damage was taken up by the frost. You take 10 points of cold damage from the explosion from his icy outsidiness. Okay. Uh, he had he, the spell, um, the spell that he had used was Armor of Agathus. He asked at a second level, it gave him 10 temporary hit points, and if you hit him in melee, you take 10 damage. Sounds good. So that happened. That shielding that shielding is gone from him now. Ari, you are up. How would throwing something look like for me? Uh generally, uh depending like unless you're doing something weird, it would be a if it's a, if you're throwing something that you're proficient with using, um it would be a ranged attack roll, which would be a d20 plus your dexterity modifier plus your proficiency bonus. If you are not proficient with it, like basically we're treating like garbage and trash and stuff like improvised weapons. It would just be a D20 plus your dexterity. What were you looking to throw? Um, a bottle. All right. But I think if, uh, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I, I meant to message this to you too. If Casey, is there anybody around the outside of this ring who looks like who's, who's done this a lot and has been here a lot and has an amazing arm? Um, yeah, I can't think of any reason why there wouldn't be, for sure. Based on my last message to you, uh, Ari, maybe find that person and just uh, slip it into their pile of garbage that they're throwing. Who looks ah! like, who looks like their ego I can stroke into throwing something for me? In six any seconds. Any man in this room. Can good and old- probably a solid handful of the women. So, Beardy back here, or this one here, who's in, like, I don't know the range of throwing because I don't deal with. I just shoot spells. Either is whatever you're feeling. What are you looking to do? Um, I'm looking to slip her the rest of my beer, which is absolutely flame broom oil. And, you know, sweetie, if you could be a deer, this fight, it's not even worth the rest of this beer. How about you throw this at him on me? What you're trying to tell me right now is that you put a flame bloom oil into a beer bottle handed it to another patron and said, why don't you do that? Oh, yeah. I'm just a weak little girl here, and I think this is so fun. And this beer, like, this fight isn't even worth my beer. I can't believe they brought a bug out. How about you just, you throw the rest of this on him for me? This is insane, and I love it. I need... Some checks, I'm sure. Either a deception or a sleight of hand. I'm going to set the DC at 15, because this one, like, 
I, as much as I loved the cube idea, I couldn't find a way for you to pull out a large rifle and use that. This is a lot more quiet. Uh, do it was either deception or sleight of hand. I need you to hit a deception. 15 for me. 12. Ooh. Uh, she takes the bottle and, and drinks it. I can't do that to an innocent patron. Uh, she takes the bottle, looks at you and says, I don't even like this part of the thing. Why don't you throw your own beers and hands it back to you? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to get a little bit closer. I'm going to move on down seeing as I was I was rejected. I'm just going to move. Dorothy yeah. over here looks kind of sweet. Uh, let's see. Is there a way for you to try this twice? If not, it's okay. I'm just setting up for the next one. I think that's probably your action. Yep. Nope. What I will say is it is a bonus action to use Bardic. I know you have a couple left and Butch used his. That is true. Nope. That is true. I, would I, would I recognize when they use it? That's something I've always wondered. Like, okay. So yeah, I would cast another Bardic inspiration on Butch. Thank you. Awesome. You're up there. You're cheering your heart out. Butch has a Bardic. Falcus. So I would also like to do the same. So let me actually go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I don't know, somewhere around here. Is, that, is this the same person that she already grabbed or she got somebody no, else? No, so she was talking to th- either this person or this person. Uh, and then walked over here when re- when she realized that that wasn't, that she she basically failed her deception check. Does this brawl enthusiast right here have a pile of bottles that he's chucking at the or rather here, let me let me put it this way. Who who around the corner here I can see has a pretty good arm and is obviously throwing stuff at the bug. Yeah, let's say this guy's doing that, sure. So the one where I'm right next to? Yeah. Okay. Uh does he have a pile of bottles by chance that he's working off of to chuck? I mean, you guys are on the bar. So if you're gonna find a pile of beer bottles anywhere, this would be the place to do it. I'd say that this scenario makes perfect sense. I'm going to rinse and repeat to the same thing. And uh, I'm not going to quite do the same thing as, as Ari, but if I see him like reaching behind him to grab another one off the bar that he's already finished and drinking and tossing, I'd like to put it like the next, the next one in line. And it's, it's, it's the same methodology of some, a little bit of flame bloom in the bottom of a, of an empty beer bottle. All right. So let's call this, let's call this sleight of hand as well. You're not trying to be, uh, it's not a goal. The goal isn't sneakiness. The goal is you got to get it, in the way of his hand, like, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta get it lined up right. Let's call this yep. one sleight of hand as well. 23. Incredible. He immediately, like, reaches back and grabs the next bottle. It's the one that you're like, yep, here it is. And he flings it. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that a brawl enthusiast is proficient with beer bottles. So... <laughs> Let's go ahead and roll. This might be my buddy. I might just be hanging out next to him the rest of this fight. Just, uh, just, oh, just and funneling we, him. We were specifically looking for somebody who had a good throwing arm. My idea for these brawl enthusiasts with they were all like basically civilians. What would a bonus be here? We're doing proficiency. Let's say that he's got a plus four. Let's just say improvised brawl yeah. or something. Let's try a plus four. And he's trying to hit the armor class of the creature. That's all it is. Fingers crossed. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yes. 23. Hold your phone. He's got a cannon. 
What does Flame Bloom Oil do? I don't even remember. Kill trolls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as an action, a vial of Flame Bloom Oil can be... Oh, no, that's applied to a weapon. Hang on. Um... Thrown into target within 20 feet, ranged attack, treating it as an improvised weapon. On a hit, he takes fire damage. Rad. Uh, go go ahead and roll fire damage for me. 1d6. 1. Uh, all right. He takes one fire damage, but uh, he does take fire damage, which he's not thrilled with. So he is going to have uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of an issue on his next ability check, whatever that is. Uh, on the layer, Butch, you are right where you want to be. Whoosh! Flame goes out uh, to either side of you and misses you completely. Uh, the same thing, unfortunately, happens to my bug boy. Uh, nobody gets hit by the fire this time. On your turn, uh, you are free to go. You can see that the flames have started to turn again, like they have each uh, each time. So it's going to go straight out this t- next next time. Uh, yeah, good, good, uh, good thinking here that it's going to be north, south, east, west on the next shot. Okay, why is this guy still in the air? Oh yeah, that's right. You were trying deliberately to ground him somehow. Uh, let's say. We're going to let's roll an uh, um, an investigation check, but roll it with advantage. And I'm going to tell you why you're fighting against a creature that you're very familiar with combat with. Right. Because these are the mantid or your sworn enemies. You've also been training recently with a warrior who's like uh, Butch's fighting style is very much more aggressive. And I'm just going to kick your butt. It's less tactical. You've been fighting for the last two days with somebody who is much more tactically minded and is trying to like, okay, well, here's what strategy we're going to use. What is your, uh, what's your investigation? With, with advantage 16. All right, right on. Uh, on a 16, it occurs to you that, okay, we have a flying creature. It's flying because it's got these big wings on its back. Uh, I am going to have a hard, it has like sort of an armored carapace, especially around the wing folds. It's going to be a hard time disabling it so that it falls uh, by hitting it real hard. I bet if I jumped up and gave it a grapple, I would be able to close down on its beetle wing flap things and draw it to the ground somehow. The way grappling works in fifth edition is that it would take one of your attack actions to do that. Uh, but you can still use multi-attack, so you can attack twice, or you can attempt two grapples, or that sort of thing. The other thing that it occurs to you that might work is if he were stunned, he'd have an awful hard time swinging them, uh, swinging them wings. I don't think I can attack twice with a grapple. Yeah, grapple replaces one of your attacks. It's yeah, a spe- but- they consider it a special attack. So you would be able to grapple and then attack, or you would be able to grapple, fail to do so, and then try to grapple a second time. Um, or uh, your um, uh, Quaking Palm is a bonus action. It does not require that you attack first. You can Quaking Palm first and then make your attacks. So if this dude is, I think, I think I wrote it that way. I don't remember for sure. Uh, but if this cat is stunned, he's not going to be flapping wings. Okay. Well, um... If I successfully grapple him, uh, I can also uh, try to do Quaking Palm as a bonus action. So that helps. So, okay, that that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to run up on him and attempt to grapple him. Okay, cool. Uh, so you're going to roll um, an, an athletics check. 
it's contested against his athletics check. Well, I have advantage on sure athletics do. check and then a plus seven as well. All right. Well, you got to uh, beat a five. So best of luck to you on that. The barbarian with a 19th strength score has to beat and rolls with advantage has to beat a five. How about a 20? 20 is more than five. So you leap up into the air, take plenty of time to do your running start and all that. So you get your maximum jump height and boom, just pardon me. Big bear hug, bam, down to the ground because you he can't like open the bug wings anymore. He was, I'm going to say, 1d6 height off the ground. Six. You take any fall he's going to take three bludgeoning damage from the fall. Yeah, I think he does because he's you fall 10 feet, you take bludgeoning damage. I think he absolutely did do that. So let's go ahead and mark off three damage for him. Uh, he's getting low. He's clearly below like 25% at this point. He's looking ragged. His like weird, I'm going to say green blood is starting to come out through some of the cracks in his weird bug armor. Uh, you used one attack to do that. So you have another weapon attack that you could do while you have him and you, and you do have him grappled. So his movement speed is currently zero while he is grappled. You can still do all your normal stuff with him, including drag him around if you want to. Okay. Dragging would be an action, yeah. The, no. You no? can move half you you move at half speed when you drag someone while they're grappled. From the balcony to the flames with him, to the flames. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. So I want to move him uh south of me. I mean, but we're talking Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all clicking on the same place on the map. And I want to take my radiant maul and smack him in the head just a second uh 15 uh without his carapace that that'll hit that'll hit uh 15 hits yeah, yeah? 15 hits yeah mm-hmm. okay so that'll be 13 bludgeoning he's in the line of fire but i'm gonna go ahead and use quaking palm uh he needs to beat a cc constitution saving throw uh right okay Fif- cool so let's 15. roll a con save 13! All right. Okay, he is stunned. My bug is full stunned. And he hates it when fire. that happens. Uh, technically, he would have had disadvantage on his most recent check, which he used to try to resist your thing because he got hit by the trash. So I'm marking that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So you used movement, two attacks, bonus action. Uh, you still have some movement left if you need to reposition for any reason. Also, are you still holding him? Or now that you've stunned him, have you let go? That's a good question. I'm going to move. Um, he's stunned, so I'm going to move uh, not too far away, but basically out of the flames. Not, I mean, I can take more damage if I needed to, but see, he's stunned until the end of my next... The end next, of your next turn, yes. Right, so on the next one, I can go and like re-grapple him if I need to. Yeah. Yeah, so... I j- just back away a few feet to get out of the flames, but he is stunned laying on his back in the flames, uh, in the line of flames when they are supposed to occur, whenever that happens. And Great. Th- I think I've done everything I can possibly do. Fantastic. From above, you guys can hear the announcer like losing his mind. He's doing like the wrestling announcer thing where he or like the, the sports announcer thing where he's going, folks, I don't know what to tell you. He was coming in at four to one odds and suddenly he's just getting absolutely hammered. 
pardon the expression, by this Pandaren who's come in and just dragged him right into what looks like the line of the fire. Folks, this may have been a bad investment. Um, you see that on his turn, he is trying desperately to shake off the stun, but he's like his stupid bug head is like twitching and he's like his, you know, his wings are flapping, but they're like, he's not getting off the ground. He's getting a lot more leverage with one wing than the other. So he's like lopsided. Uh, Ari, it is your turn. So this is something where I feel this kill is going to matter to Butch. So I'm not actually going to do anything to interrupt the fight. Butch, did you use your bardic inspiration? I didn't think so yet. No. No. Yep. So all I'm going to do is, because, you know, I've been yelling. I've been making a scene. Um, I'm going to yell at Butch, don't scare me like that again, or I'll be the one to make sure your life ends. And I'm actually going to cast, while I do that, a third level healing word. Oh, um. so you, okay. Oh, but you my HP is tell, fine. You can tell that Butch is doing fine on hit points. Okay. There's no reason to, Yeah. All um, right, especially it if then. it's going to lose me the fight. Yeah, there's there's, there's no reason. Well, it's just a vocal spell. Like it doesn't have any yeah, semantics to it. It's verbal it's, only, so she, it's, it's fair to do this. Okay, I mean, like, it, it, this is the only thing we're going to do now. If you if you like to do that, that's fine. Take I got your 67. 16 healing. How much? Just 16. 16, great. I'm going to heal for 16. Get, there we go. I'm almost at max now. Just. <laughs> cool, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm just gonna chill here. I think Butch. I think Butch needs this fight. Um, you know, I'll try and throw. I'll try and throw fruit or a beer bottle or something at him. Uh, okay, roll a regular dexterity check. It'll be just a d20 plus whatever your dexterity modifier is. I don't know why it did plus four. My dex is plus three. I'm gonna say thirteen. I don't know why it did four. Your dex. Oh my god, I know exactly why it did plus uh, plus four. Do you know why? No, I don't. Jack of all trades. Oh yeah! You add 14. half of your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check that... I forgot that. Uh, any skill check that does not get grant proficiency. That's, That's hilarious. So, what's even funnier is 14 just hits. This bug's got a 14 armor class. So, Sweet. on his next ability check, saving throw, or attack roll, he's going to have disadvantage insane you know what also happens on this turn it just occurred to me that this should have happened previous I don't think it's going to matter ultimately but I think it's going to matter uh, in my heart uh, the captain of the ship who brought this bug and put a bunch of money on it throws a fruit at you butch <laughs> he can beat it AC of 18 he, he did holy cats <laughs> he totally did he hits you. You're going to have disadvantage on the next time you roll a d20. Okay. Rad. Uh, the layer action happens. He is standing uh, you there. Missed me. I did miss you. I'm so sorry. What is, what's your turn, Vulgus? Not that I really had much to do. I'm just going to do the same thing Ari did. Um, and Because it looks like Butch has got this one in the bag, so I'm just going to throw more fruit. And I'm going to turn to the Brawl enthusiast and, and like give him like a smack on the shoulder. He's like, yeah, great shot with his last throw. And, and then throw a fruit myself. He turns in you, uh, turns at you and screams and like just spittle, you know, totally gross. The guy's been drinking. Uh, yeah, you huck a thing. I don't have an additional effect to layer onto this bug for uh, being hit by two fruits. So let's just say it's very embarrassing for him and he does not like it. Um, anything else on your turn? 
no, I like I said, I think Butch has got this one in hand. He doesn't need anything more from us because otherwise it would have been it would have been more funneling of, of flame bloom to this uh, this wonderful brawler right here. But uh, I think uh, I think he's got this one in the bag. Sure, I think it's this turn. Uh, the layer action occurs and the flame gout just right in his face. Uh, I'm going to say, let's see, let's roll this guy real fast. Yikes, eight fire damage. You hate to see it unless you're <laughs> anybody playing this game right now. Minus eight. All right, Butch, uh, it's your turn. The flames just got put out. He is still stunned, okay? So what you need to know is you're going to have advantage on your weapon attacks because he's stunned, okay? But disadvantage because I have disadvantage on from you, the fruit. Okay, you have disadvantage so, from fruit, so you're going to roll the first attack with normal and the second attack with advantage. I was going to do it reckless, though. Reckless would not actually gain you anything. Okay. Multiple advantages can't block one disadvantage. It doesn't. They don't stack in that way. Okay. Uh, the other thing that you should know, however, this creature is at 15 hit points. Can you get him? Let's, let's do this right now. All right, let's do this right now. This this attack will be normal because you're having to wipe off the fruit. So, or the beer bottle or whatever it is. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to walk casually the uh, 7 or 8 feet <laughs> uh, to him, aim right for his crispy little head, raise the radiant maul above my head and smack right down for a 26 uh, to yeah. hit. Uh, bludgeoning damage nine. That's not what we were looking for, but that's okay because I'm not stopping to hit him anyway. I'm like, ah, bah, bah, bah. I'm just trying to get all of his like like insect stuff to crack off of him and stuff, right? Yeah, so, his carapace is like giant cracks in it. He's oozing stuff out of there. The next attack is with advantage because he's still stunned and you've wiped off the fruit. And keep in mind, if something weird should happen, you do still have your bardic. Um, how about a natural 20? Insane. You know what, folks? Sometimes the dice are just here to tell a story. All right. It is impossible for you to roll too low to do this. So I need you to paint me a word picture. I'm pounding this guy and pounding this guy. He's stunned. You know, ever like, 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 like crunch a bug with your underneath your feet. It's like that. You hear the of his, of his, of his, like, you know, ex, ex, extrovert, ex, <laughs> you know, the crunchy stuff on the outside. It's like smashing a grasshopper. And, uh, it is, it's actually very much like smashing a grasshopper right now. Right. And I keep pounding and keep pounding and keep pounding until there's nothing left but, but dust and like gore where his head used to be. And foam coming out of my mouth. And I don't stop until someone, like, stops me. Yeah, so the audience is cheering, and Bismo's like, we have a winner! It's that guy, dude, you can cool it, the thing's dead. Like, he's up there not getting just what your emotional state is. Uh, Showmanship only has to go so far, man! Like, it doesn't matter. The first person who approaches you to try to pull you away backs off because they're like I'm not gonna get between this he's just gonna work himself out we gotta let this candle burn (laughs) somehow you are able to eventually 
move or be moved away from this scene uh, and you're able to make your way back up to the bar area. Um, so here's the problem with these kinds of encounters. You'll notice that I uh, cast one damaging spell and one defensive spell and then died. Uh, this creature had a three-figure hit point total and two of my three combatants did not participate much. Uh, y'all strong, okay? Just want to put that out there. Y'all strong. The next <laughs> series of things that we do, we're going to have to have some beefy fellas. It's fine. You learn things. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you you come back out on, up to the, the, the place. Um, at this point, we are in a position where today, quote unquote today, today's adventuring day, Ari and Falkus are also able to uh, to do a, a game if you want to. We're going to save all of that for our next adventure. Uh, Falcus, this was going off four to one, so you're going to collect uh, 400? 400. Five, well, did you deduct the 100? So I have not deducted the 100 Okay, yet. so up 400 then. And um, I'm going to create for you a magic item that has a level two uh, summon beast in it. Yeah, Awesome. And listen, I don't expect to pay for drinks tonight. <laughs> I I think there's a combination of the brawl enthusiasts thought that that was rad. Them that didn't bet against you thought that that was rad, uh, such that they would happily buy you drinks. And I think that your absolute uncontrollable bloodlust that you exhibited here would make the patron the the the. Uh, the bartender's a little nervous. So the idea of asking you to pay for something, they're like hoping that you volunteer to pay for the things that you go to buy and then other people start buying things for you so it ends up not being a problem. There we go. I'll turn to the captain's like, tough break, man, but uh, definitely if you're, uh, your bug put up a good fight. So, uh, good You're gonna need a bigger bet. bug. Yeah, probably, probably. I'll shake his hand. I don't want cool. to hear any of this stuff. I hope you're not saying it around me. I could I, the idea of a kunchung in this thing. Like this was supposed to be fun. This was supposed to be fun. You got you manipulate me like that. I'm a some some gnome or something in the in the background is uh giggling to themselves about how how fun it would be to to put a mantid in front of a pandaren. That's just mean. That's just hateful. You got to kill a manta today. What are you complaining about? Yeah, I came in here smiling to have fun. And I came out of here with all the all, all the trauma of my past. You're right in front of my eyes. And I intend to drink it away. Only good bug's a dead bug. You know what I'm saying? And there's one more dead bug in the world. There we go. And Butch wins! 
our heroes are making out pretty well at the Brawler's Guild so far, but the night is still young. Will Volkus or Ari try their hand in the arena? How will Butch handle an interaction with this smuggler captain from Pandaria? Will Volkus win more gold? We'll just have to wait until next week to find out when it's time to queue up for some more Heroic Dungeons and Dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.